0: In partnership with
1: Paizo, the No Direction Network welcomes you to our Gen Con online seminar
2: coverage. Welcome, everybody, to the Level Up Building Characters with Advanced Player's Guide panel. Uh, We just had this book released today officially. And you can get it on Paizo.com or through your game store. And we're very excited to have it out. A lot of work went into this one um, from everybody on this panel and uh, everybody else at Paizo. So I'm going to start off here with introductions. I am Logan Bonner. I'm the Pathfinder Lead Designer. uh, And the first person I'm going to have introduce himself is the design lead on this book, Mark Seifter.
3: I'm Mark Seifter, Design Lead on Advanced Player's Guide, which is completely different than Pathfinder Lead Designer. It's a book per book title, and also the Design Manager for Paizo.
2: And uh, Liz, how about you go next? All
0: right. I'm Liz Liddell. I'm the newest member of the design team with the uh, radical title of designer. Uh, (gasps) And the Advanced Player's Guide was the first book for which I have designed classes in Pathfinder and uh, has been a a real wild ride. I'm really, really excited to see it uh, getting out and getting into your hands.
2: Right, and then someone who uh, both worked on this book and has made sure that you can use this book and organize play through uh, the sweat of his brow, James. Hi, I'm
1: James Case. I'm an organized play developer. Uh, At the time this book started, I was in the editing department. So I was editing lead for the first half of this book before passing it off to the very awesome Leo Glass. And uh, yeah, and also for implementing these options in organized play.
2: Yeah, you got to work on a lot of different stages of this project. And we're (laughs) going to talk about some of those uh, as we go through the panel. Uh, So a quick summary of just what this book is. So the APG is kind of our big book of character options um, after the core rulebook. So uh, Pathfinder 1E was a a big game with a lot of options. And this is kind of where we said, hey, let's get in a whole bunch of those classic options people really like. Uh, It has four new classes has a bunch of new ancestries, uh, spells, magic items, all kinds of concepts, uh, a huge number of archetypes to let you expand on your character. Um, And we're going to kind of focus on just the process of building a character using the options for the APG for this panel. Um, Normally, when you're making a character, you're going to kind of come up with the core concept of your character and how everything goes together. Because we're doing this through Twitch, we're going to do just a poll for each step of the process and kind of see what we can Frankenstein together as we go through this process. (laughs) Um, The first part is going to be your ancestry because we go through the ABC's ancestry background and class. Uh, So we're just going to do those in order. Uh, Param, if you will pull up the first slide, please. Uh, The new ancestries in this book uh, are the catfolk, kobold, orc, ratfolk, and tengu. Um, And we're going to have a poll running to see which of those is uh, gonna be our choice for this character creation. Uh, And go ahead and start that poll anytime you're ready. The, uh, I'm gonna kind of have everybody talk about um, one of these uh, ancestries uh, and I'll also note, um, and Liz, if you uh, wanna talk about this a little more after we kind of run through the ancestries, uh, there are also versatile heritages in this book, uh, which are kind of like the half elf or half orc heritage from the core rule book, but anybody can take them. This is how you get your tieflings, Uh, or your Dampier, kind of uh, half-vampires. There are a bunch of those in here, and uh, we're gonna, for simplicity's sake, we're probably not gonna do that in this uh, character creation, but they're a very cool part of this book. Uh, So, the cat folk. Mark, do you want to talk a little about the cat folk, uh, which was uh, written by Ron Lundeen?
3: Sure, the cat folk are one part cat and one part folk. They are a humanoid (laughs) type of cat that sort of live um, in societies that are sometimes out in the wild, but sometimes not. And they believe themselves to have been created by some gods or spirits that want them to protect those outer fringes of the world from some kind of a danger. And the cat folk also have a bunch of cool options that are related to both things you would expect a cat to be able to do, like catterwall, uh, things that are related to be having very good reflexes, like a cat, um, and things related to luck and nine lives and those sort of um, superstitions about cats.
2: Yeah, so and we're not, we're not going to go super deep into the kind of the feats and the mechanical details, oh, yeah. because when we pick uh, the Ancestry, you're going to get a little more of a deep dive in that as we actually build the character.
3: Yep, uh, so that's what you get from cat folk.
2: The next ancestry is the kobold, which was written by John Compton. Um, Liz, would you like to talk about these scaly little friends?
3: Sure. So okay.
0: kobolds are uh, small-sized uh, lizard people who absolutely believe that they are obviously descended of dragons. And so you've got an itty little body, but huge egos and, and really, like, oversized personalities. Um, you've got a lot of community uh, within the kobold culture um, living in, in very... Um, close spaces that they protect um, and are almost iconically known as trap makers. They defend their homes with with traps and traps and more traps. Uh, And so among the kobolds, you have um, sort of a split of directions of abilities between uh, these uh, draconic ideas, the fact that really they're very small and a little bit cowardly, and then that sort of uh, cultural inherent trap building.
2: Uh, And I'll note if anybody's just watching this and not watching the chat, the poll is going right now if you want to... uh... Uh, weigh in on which ancestry you use. Uh, you can find the poll link in the chat. Uh, the next um, ancestor that we're talking about is the orc. Oh, actually, before we go to the orc, James, uh, kobolds also are getting a little bit of a special treatment in organized play. Would you like to mention yeah, that right quick?
1: So there are a lot of new ancestry options in this book, but as they're kind of getting outside of the core assumption of the game, um, they are most of them are not, I think all of them are uncommon. Um, for Organized Play specifically, we have a living campaign, and one of the kind of ongoing storylines for a long time has been with the sewer dragons uh, and these and this like kobold community. So as we've built towards that, and as we were going into APG, and uh, between that and also things like the Free RPG Day that came out uh, that featured kobolds quite heavily, uh, we decided that it just kind of made sense to say, hey, the Pathfinder Society has been working on these diplomatic relations for a really long time. So kobolds are common for the purpose of organized play. Everybody has access to it. So uh, flood the society with your little dragon people.
2: All right, thanks, James. Um, so the orc is uh, was written by Michael Sayre. Uh, there are a couple of these uh, ancestries that we knew there was somebody in the Paizo building who really loved them. Uh, and having Michael Sayer do the orc was a, a really great fit because he loves playing orcs. He loves them. Um, the orcs are kind of a uh, an interesting culture that um, is kind of built around uh, honesty and strength. And they're the one of the things I, I like about their presentation here is that uh, it's a really, um, really in-depth portrayal um, because they kind of get, you know, a, a bad rap um, for most folks. But this kind of gives uh, a lot of insight into uh, them as people. Actually, I have the book right here. I can show you a... Uh, uh, image of uh, what the orcs look like. So we've got this, uh, this archer here. Um, the orcs, you've already actually kind of gotten a preview of them a little bit in the core rulebook because there are a couple of orc feats in there um, that were put in there to, to help out the half orc, but the orc can also take them as well. And if you're playing a half orc, you can use the orc feats from this book uh, to kind of expand your choices. Uh, the next ancestry on the block is the rat folk. Uh, which were written by Jason Tondro because uh, Jason is uh, one of our Starfinder folk uh, and Ratfolk are a big part of Starfinder as the Isoki. Uh, Liz, would you like to talk about the Ratfolk a little bit?
0: Sure. So Ratfolk were introduced in Pathfinder first edition um, in a couple of different corners of our campaign setting, but then they really got catapulted into the spotlight through Starfinder where we, they became one of the six core races of that uh, of that game. Um, Here we've brought the rat folk ancestry forward because it was so popular in Starfinder um, and because really they're adorable. Uh, So (laughs) these are our other small ancestry in this book. Um, Again, you're looking at a very community focused uh, culture um, that has a lot of uh, abilities that manifest out of the fact that these are uh, rat people. So you'll either look at um, what kind of rat you are. Are you a desert rat or are you a rat that typically lives uh, in underground areas? Um, but I I think it is really of utmost importance to point out that you can still have cheek pouches in (laughs) Pathfinder 2nd Edition.
2: All right, thank you, Liz. Uh, And then the last Ancestry, this is another one where we knew somebody in the building who had a uh, a good handle on the Tengu, and that person happens to be on the call with us here. So, James, uh, tell us about the Tengu.
1: Um, So Tengu are kind of a really interesting hybrid we have the name obviously is from the kind of Japanese folk creature but we've in Pathfinder kind of built this other really interesting mythology on them where they live on ships and they consume bad luck and that kind of thing so one of the things that Tengu uh, really are centered around is the idea of kind of diaspora there are some Tengu who are very traditional and who are focused on um, traditional spirituality that kind of thing and then there are others who. Know, live on ships and can uh, find treasures and craft with blades and that kind of thing so tengu kind of have a widespread of things uh some of them are things where you can eat you can eat jinxes because that's a thing that happens in our setting um, and then there's other ones where you can uh, at level 17 turn into a giant oni and fly around so kind of a balance of both sides there
2: yeah uh, all right uh it looks like we have some uh, the result of the poll as well um It sounds like the kobold has won. Uh, So get your get your scales on. uh, And James is actually going to be running uh, Hero Lab for us to build the characters. Uh, James, for folks who are unfamiliar with Hero Lab, can you give them a a quick description of what that's all about?
1: Yeah, Hero Lab is a really cool character builder. Um, It you bring it up, it has places for you to put in all of your options. It'll calculate. Your stats for you. It'll tell you what's uh, available to you. So you don't, for instance, uh, take advanced fireballing if you don't have fireball, that kind of thing. Um, and it's just like a really convenient way to kind of keep all your stuff together, uh, make sure, like, I'm terrible at doing math. So it's really easy for me to uh, have a thing that will tell me, you know, what all my bonuses are. Um, yeah, it's just a convenient tool.
2: Uh, yeah, and I've seen some notes in the chat about Cobalt uh, Dragon Disciples. Uh, Dragon Disciple is actually one of the uh, archetypes in the book. So if we were making, we're just going to make a first level character, but if we were continuing it at higher levels, uh, that is a character you can make with the Advanced Players Guide. Uh, all right. Uh, next slide, please, as we move on to backgrounds. So uh, the backgrounds, uh, If uh, I, I think most people here are familiar with Pathfinder 2E, but if you're not, uh, the the ABC process, ancestry, background, class, kind of takes you through uh, the the path of your life from you know birth that is going to determine your ancestry to your background, what you did before you became an adventurer, to your class, which is your adventuring life. And so we've grabbed a few backgrounds that are in the Advanced Player's Guide. Those are the Bandit, Barber, Cultist, and Scavenger. Uh, our writers on backgrounds for this book were Nicholas Horniak and Patchen Mortimer. And uh, I'm not sure who wrote which of these, uh, but uh, there's also a section in this book uh, that's pretty interesting that is rare backgrounds, um, which are kind of ones that uh, your GM has to approve that c- because there's kind of a bigger campaign and story role. They're a little more complex, do sort of different things. Um, but for the purposes of this, we're going to say your GM didn't let you use those. So we're going to grab these for uh, Bandit, Barber, Cultist, and Scavenger and look at those uh so that poll is going in the chat as well uh so uh what are some potential things that uh that would make sense with a kobold here uh because you know we've got a kobold so we know we're going to have a kobold bandit a kobold barber a kobold cultist or a kobold scavenger um what uh what do my other panelists uh like about those
3: I feel like huh. most of them could make sense. A kobold scavenger could be gathering pieces for traps. A bandit is sort of a traditional kobold robbing people, cultist of a dragon, or the barber that's just doing weird, risky surgeries and, and yeah, cutting. I, one of the... whatever
2: you're I, I gonna feel cut. like the if the barber is doing haircuts, they probably need to have like been somewhere else, other than just like in cobalt bins where there's not going to be a lot of business. But one of the or, or that really was their like dream, about, and their parents uh, were like, "It's right. never going to work. What are you doing?" Well, one of the things waving. I really like about
1: the barber in the ABG background is that it's actually like the the classic barber, so it's not just cutting hair and uh, giving shaves. It's things like you know doing uh, surgery or tooth extractions. So I yeah. could definitely see some places where like some kobolds could use some yeah. of those things maybe they have maybe they get their horns trimmed
0: yeah, or like scale scale <laughs> yeah. polishes and touch-ups why not they have a <laughs> bunch
2: of files in one of those big jars of blue liquid oh yeah <laughs> uh yeah the uh the the kobolds really like because they're kind of prominent enough in galarian um they get around enough that there aren't a whole lot of backgrounds that that wouldn't work for them um so uh and and you know the the backgrounds the full backgrounds of the book there might be a couple that are like a bit more of a stretch but I think all of these are pretty good fits for Kobold. Uh Have uh have folks in the chat uh, some of them some of them are kind of building ahead kind of like oh uh, <laughs> bandit swashbuckler Cobalt. <Kobold.">
1: uh, it <laughs> looks like we uh, have a winner
2: though. Oh do we? Yeah. Ah. Barber has won so we have a Cobalt barber. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean that's what we get right. for talking it up. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and uh,
1: if we load it in, it's given us the uh it's given us risky surgery. So excellent. There we uh, go. So <laughs> risky skill surgery. <laughs> yeah,
2: risky surgery is a skill feat that lets you do more damage when you're treating someone's wounds in the hope that you are then going to heal them better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it, and that that's pretty cobalty. um You know, like Liz said, the big ego. It's like, yeah, this is oh, going to yeah. work just fine. Absolutely, greatest yep. surgeon ever. <laughs> <laughs> and like Bardic once said in chat,
3: Barber was winning wire to wire. Chatting it up didn't oh, necessarily yeah. <laughs> help it more. It was okay. just winning. When you let the uh, internet pick a Barber for the Kobold, they're going to pick a Barber.
2: That's <laughs> true. Uh, all right. Can we get the next slide, please? Because now it's going to be the C of ABC's classes. Uh, so we're we're going with the four classes that are in the APG. Uh, the poll is running already. The four classes are the investigator, which I wrote, the oracle, which Liz wrote, the swashbuckler, which Mark wrote, and the witch, which Liz also wrote. (laughs) I made it through that sentence somehow. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, again, we're going to get kind of more into the mechanics when we're picking things as we get into the character building part of this. Uh, But let's uh, let's have everybody kind of talk about those classes a little bit. I'll start since uh, the investigator is the first one on there. So the investigator is uh, a class that really jumps more into kind of this social exploration dimension. Uh, they have some combat abilities, but their main focus is finding mysteries and investigating them. They have ability to pursue a lead. So they, they, they hone in on something and they say like, that seems suspicious or that seems like it's worth further investigation. And then they get a bonus as they continue to investigate that. Uh, and they get certain abilities to kind of make it uh, easier for them to investigate it, to find clues as they go along. Uh, in combat, they have an ability to kind of think ahead and uh, devise a stratagem. And that lets them kind of pre-roll their attack. Uh, and they can look at that role and say, like, well, that's a two. I'm going to do something other than attack this round. Or they can look at it and say, like, that's a good result. I'm going to go attack with it. And if they, get, if they choose to use that role, they get to use their intelligence for their attack role instead of their strength. And they also do some extra damage uh, because they they use like sword canes and, you know, other (laughs) littler weapons. So they they aren't kind of wailing on something with a great axe. The next class is the Oracle, which uh, Liz, uh, if you would talk about that.
0: For sure. Um, So the Oracle is in some ways a counterpart to the cleric. Um, If clerics are the ones who get divine power through safe, measured, controlled means filtered through a deity, the oracles are the ones who got it another way. And uh, this sort of bypassing of the safeguards means that you have great cosmic power and also a terrible curse because your body is just not set up to handle this. Um, And so uh, you're you're looking at at having spontaneous spellcasting and access to that whole divine spellcasting list. um, But then also, and and in addition to that uh, revelation spells that let you um, pull from a specific uh, viewpoint that you have that empowers your spells, um, but then you're also balancing that against this curse, which itself has drawbacks and benefits. So you're always doing the sort of game of how far do I want to push this versus how bad is it going to get?
2: Yeah. And, uh, you'll also notice from the illustration there that we have a new iconic Oracle, uh, who is a Tengu. And, uh, there's uh there's some fiction up on the website about that Oracle. If you want to look further into that, uh, but right Written now by we're by our to... own
0: James Case. <laughs>
2: Indeed, uh, by James's book. Uh, all right. The uh, <laughs> all the next books. one on the list is the Swashbuckler, which Mark Seifter wrote. So Mark, take it away.
3: All right. Well, the Swashbuckler is your flashy martial character that just goes in there, does all sorts of flashy skill actions to gain a state called panache, and then uses that to perform powerful finishing moves on your enemies with some really cool reactions as well. Uh, The Swashbuckler synergizes pretty well with the Kobold in that it likes the dexterity and the charisma that the the Kobold is granting. And if we pick Swashbuckler, we're going to have a mobile and skill-using Martial Combatant, uh, which uses one of several styles, such as the Braggart, who's constantly bragging about how great they are, possibly a good fit for the kobold, the wit who's telling jokes and making witty banter with the enemy and, and more. Yeah,
2: and uh, it's worth noting here that, uh, as Mark said, the those two match up pretty well. Uh, I'll, I'll note that our goal with this is to have a little party. It's not to make the most powerful character. So when we get to the yep. end of this, depending on your choices, you might have the best character in the world. You might have something a little more questionable. We'll see. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of things that are questionable... Our next class is the Witch, which uh, was also written by Liz, who got to do all the spellcasters on this book—the uh, hardest things to do. Uh, Liz, take The trial
0: life. by fire. Uh, so the the Witch is um, it has seen a little bit of an update from first edition. Um, in first edition, the Witch was an arcane spellcaster. Um, but because witches gain their power from a patron, uh, some kind of powerful entity, there's no restrictions on what that entity could be. And so witches actually have access to all four spellcasting traditions, determined by kind of the the primary theme of that patron. Uh, witches also get one of the best pieces of the game, which is a familiar. Um, and I'm not talking mechanically, I'm talking story-wise. Familiars are fantastic. Um, and not only do you get a familiar, but familiar is better than anyone else's familiar.
2: <laughs> and it's cute.
0: It is cute. See, I tell it's why they're the best part of the game.
2: The
3: familiar thesis wizard can, can get up there, too.
2: <laughs> the, the familiar also got uh, a glow up. Uh, Faye's fox got more oh, tails. A, yeah. Fancier look.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, but uh, otherwise, the witch is um, a, an intelligence-based prepared spellcaster, just with a little bit more versatility, and the uh, the hexes, of course, that were very popular in first edition.
2: All right. So we have a winner in the poll.
0: <laughs> oh no! It looks, it looks oh. like a tie. <laughs> no know.
2: It's it's the investigator. The investigator Ooh. has won the poll. So Excellent. we are going to have an investigating barber kobold, uh, which. <laughs> There have got to be James. James can look this up later, but there have got to be like probably forty percent of new PFS characters being made this weekend are exactly that combination. <laughs>
1: I'm going to so. ask Alex <laughs> to look at the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. So, uh, if uh, next slide, please go to the investigator slide. Uh, you can see this uh, lovely image of Quinn, the iconic investigator. Who is going to look a little different from our Cobalt here, but maybe they can do like a, a a team up at some point. They can be they can operate a, a detective business together. <laughs> so uh, we are now to the point where we've we've got the basics of the character down. The ABCs. Um, as we say in the core rulebook, you know, you can kind of build the character in whatever order makes sense to you, and start with your concept, and kind of do things to match. So, you know, the, each step has you choose some ability score boosts and and, and that sort of thing, and uh, get some some feats, and you can kind of do those in whatever order. So, we've kind of slotted in our main pillars here, and now we're going to kind of go through and make some choices. Uh, we don't have polls for these, um, and this is a great time for folks to. You know, to give suggestions in the chat of cool story things they would like to see out of this character, uh, while James will kind of be going through and uh, and filling in the details.
0: And Hero Lab makes this extra easy because it'll point you to what you still need to fill in along yeah. the way and sort of help walk so... you through that process. It's a great tool.
2: Yeah, I'm sure like I would uh, trust a barber can... with
3: a venomous tail that would um, <laughs> to to do yes. my surgeries.
2: For example, it's a competitive advantage. <laughs> uh, so why don't we uh, go to the ancestry? Uh, because one of the main things you do for your ancestry is pick a heritage and pick an ancestry feat. Uh, so we can kind of look through those kobold heritages and uh, maybe some of those will kind of uh, spawn more story ideas.
1: And actually for kobold specifically, we get one more uh, really important choice, which is what color of kobold are you?
2: Important, yeah. Which
1: uh, I noted only here because it's telling me uh, I need to choose an option for draconic exemplar. Chat, so, sound off on
2: uh, what, what, kind of what dragon? color of cobalt you what like. What chromatic uh, or
3: metallic dragon?
2: So you've got a lot of color and metal options. Uh, purple is not one of them. Sorry, no direction. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> blue is close.
0: Blue, blue, blue. <laughs>
2: We have uh, white, from the the so silver, uh, white, silver, silver brass, red. silver, green.
0: Oh come on! Where are my blue people? <laughs> <laughs> Asso, Asmar
2: is not a color, but maybe if we <laughs> do some seems be, crayons, silver be. seems to
3: be in the lead from the people who have serious um, colors. It, this is a silver, All right.
2: silver cobalt, beautiful. All right, so we've got a silver cobalt, okay. uh, and then we're also going to uh, pick a uh, uh, heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so james what are our options here and are so, there any that you're leaning toward
1: so we got cavern kobold that's uh if you're from tunnels and that kind of thing and you get uh some climbing and movement abilities you get dragon scaled where you get uh resistance you have spell scale where you get some magic strong jaw which is exactly what it says on the tin and a venom tail where you have like a little uh, spur on your tail that gives you a little bit of venom and actually from what mark said. I'm feeling the venom tail. I'm thinking that, uh, you know, the only difference between a poison and a medicine is the dosage, and I right, kind of yeah. like
2: it. So you got to, you know, you've got to have some poison to understand how to to fix the problem. Yeah. You know. And
1: for an investigator, you know, they, um, well, it's they, can, they can go into
0: crafting and
2: that's pictures true. and that kind of thing. And so, I mean, if
0: you're investigating, you're probably coming across murder cases and what's the primary murder tool. <laughs> so I'm just going to click this button
1: that says add. So I added right. We are a yeah. venom tail kobold
2: excellent I'm also now now i'm picturing a, a barber who is uh, uh homeopathic and is subscribing to the like <laughs> cures like principles so it's like you just need a little poison little hair of the dog a little bit and and this poison that's killing you slowly is going to flush right out
1: okay um so there we go that's our heritage uh what else goes into it
0: well we'll need an ancestry
2: feat mm-hmm. that is true
1: okay so our ancestry feats we have cringe uh Cringe kind of goes off what Liz was saying here, where um, they have a big ego, but they also can just, no, don't hit me, <laughs> um, to get people to pull back on their attacks a little bit. They have the exact opposite of it, which is Dragon's Presence, where they, uh, where they try to uh, knock off fear effects, but they can only ever critically succeed or critically fail against fear effects. Cobalt Breath, uh, where they breathe out some dragon breath kobold lore where they learn about uh st- stealth and thievery and scamper where they flee away from danger they it gives them a movement boost but only if they're moving away from an enemy <laughs> um so i got to pick the last one so um what's everybody here I,
2: I i think chat is saying cringe pretty loudly so <laughs> james please post cringe
0: and locked in cringe excellent <laughs>
2: I'm right, over so here trying we... to
0: click on the hero lab like I control it. <laughs> uh, no, I
2: have control. <laughs> James has all the power. Uh, all right, so now we, we've got kind of a, a picture of our, our the basics of our kobold, uh, who has you know this, the the powerful venom, but also the uh, wherewithal to uh, avoid conflict when necessary, uh, which seems like a it, so if we're talking about you know an investigator uh you know being able to cringe like maybe they kind of uh pursue things a little too much and get a little too close to the crime and then just kind of Yay! I like uh, it. all right um do we still have something to do with the background i believe oh uh did you choose the uh no ability we still
1: boost have to, we have still have yeah. to pick our ability boosts for that yeah. kind of thing
2: um, if we want to make a good investigator, we will probably want to take intelligence for as many of these boosts as we can manage. But, chat, if you have a different opinion, please uh, please drop that right in there.
1: <laughs> so, for our free Ancestry boost, uh, let's put in some ints. And we get two from our background. One is dex or wiz.
2: Oh, that's so, all in one handy screen. That's convenient. Yeah. nice.
3: Uh, so, are we feeling dex or wiz? Maybe some dex, just for the times for when bar-waring. you're not... Just mm-hmm. devising and also, yeah.
1: And I then have, let's... We've got to be smart, so we'll do that. <laughs> Yay! Um, should we do our, our four now, or
0: can we, can yeah, we come do back to oh, Yeah, reboots. let's do the four free boost. Let's in. go for it. Okay. Ints! Yep. Dex? Charisma.
1: Charisma. you got to be able to talk to your, your contacts and leads and that kind of thing. And let's let's offset that con just a little bit mm-hmm. i'd say we could bump the whiz but i really like the idea of having a really smart but low whiz investigator i think that uh it goes it has... goes
0: he speaks to like poking your 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 snout into all kinds of places you really should You really shouldn't have yeah and hence cringing okay
1: yeah. there we go
0: um and We could pick
1: languages, or we could uh, just move on to the class. let's just move on. Yeah, we'll we'll pass that. And you can do your character creation in any order. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can always just come back and fill this out. And and
2: you can see on the Hero Lab screen, you can see the reminders there that something hasn't been filled in. So you can always go back and take care of those later. Okay, so, Investigator. All right. So, uh, the Investigator is going to get, at first level... It's so nice having the actual physical book (laughs) we've been out of the office so long it's like what is this what are books oh i remember this smell from some previous life (laughs) Uh, so if we look at the class table for the investigator uh, or if we look at hero lab there we can see that at first level uh, they're going to get their initial proficiencies which are going to include some skills they're going to get devise a stratagem, they're gonna choose their methodology they use as an investigator, and they're going to get an investigator feat. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of choices for skills and all that, but let's kind of go with kind of the big choice they're making here, which is their methodology. Uh, because I think that's really gonna kind of crystallize what this Cobalt is all about.
1: Yeah. Um, do you wanna go through them or should I pull them up in Hero Lab?
2: Uh, go ahead and pull them up.
1: Okay. So we have alchemical sciences um, this is one where you know you're you have little alchemical tinctures you're maybe mixing things in the crime scene to see what reacts so it gives you alchemical crafting and the ability to make a couple of alchemical items on the spot then we have empiricism uh, empiricism is that one where you go into your seeing the numbers and calculations uh, right. around you mode it's the uh, it's the one where you're thinking really hard and making a lot of really minute observations. Uh, It allows you to seek and sense motive and recall knowledge more quickly. And when you walk into an area, you can just automatically notice if something is a bit suspicious, uh, called that's odd. I really like the names of all the abilities in investigator. (laughs) Uh, Forensic medicine, Uh, you are the one doing the autopsy. So you get battle medicine. And you get forensic acumen, allowing you to um, do forensic examinations on the spot, letting you know, you know, you find a body and you're like, that's a stab wound and that kind of thing. Uh, And the last one is interrogation. This is the one where it's the very social option. Um, You're either really good at uh, talking with people or kind of shaking them down for information, depending on how you want to play it. You get no cause for alarm where you just, you go like this, Uh, at a crowd and you help to calm them down. Uh, You can trap people in a web of words with pointed question uh, and kind of do some social things there. So we have it broken down to, are you a chemist? Are you really observant? Are you a little bit of a doctor or are you really social?
2: Yeah. And uh, the the funny thing is like, as a barber, I could see forensic medicine or interrogation. It's kind of like did you really concentrate on putting the leeches on and you know <laughs> curing the wounds or were you more of the bedside manner like oh really she said what oh my goodness yeah. i can't believe that
0: i do have and, to say though we, 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 we didn't just build a cobalt investigator with no wisdom modifier <laughs> so maybe medicine is not the best direction for this guy
2: excellent
3: point Liz. uh mark what are you feeling I feel like um it would be funny if it was medicine though, because he's a it's a barber, right? Which has medicine risky surgery. And it's just a very risky surgery in medicine. <laughs> and we did say, Logan did say we're having a party here, right? We're not trying to yeah. necessarily make an actually strong character. So I'm gonna right. take the opposite type on that.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, and you know, it's it's also like this might be a, a a significant challenge for first level, uh, but pretty soon when you get that bump, you can put your medicine to expert uh, as soon as possible. It just means that yeah, risk free surgery is is I risk going to reward. remain an apt title.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we've decided, and it's uh, and Hero Lab has made some has made some things in the background with us, you know, given medicine and all that kind. So oh, great.
2: Do we about? want
0: to pick that class feat? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's let's take care of that class feed, and then uh, I think we we might talk about skills a little bit, um, just okay. kind of like what we think has come out, kind of like based around what this character is all about. We might pick a, a few of them, but we might not need to to choose all of them. And then we'll probably do a little Q and A at the end of the panel. Uh, okay. So, what are our feed options?
1: Flexible studies. Uh, flexible study lets you. Cram in information on a topic uh, during your daily preparation, so it gives you um, kind of a temporary proficiency in something. Known weakness, where when you devise your stratagem, you can also recall knowledge about that about that person. So maybe you see a mysterious creature you don't you don't know what it is. You devise a stratagem, and then you're like, "Oh, that's a harpy or something." Uh, takedown expert. Um, which lets you do some combat type things you which
2: doesn't really seem like our our character
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh you have that's odd which is the one i was talking about earlier where you uh you know you just get information about a room when you walk in trap finder helps you find traps and underworld investigator where you have a knowledge of the criminal underworld that lets you pursue a lead uh and also pick off it a little bit
0: and that kind of thing. Well, that's, that feels very (laughs) koboldy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I also kind of like the idea of known weakness. Like if you've been a barber long enough and you've operated on a bunch of different creatures, it's like, Oh yeah. uh, One of those met an unfortunate end uh, due to unforeseen circumstances. uh, After my operation, I know uh... all about how minotaurs die.
1: <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea of kobolds are so weak that they are that they know of everybody
2: else's weaknesses as well. <laughs> Obviously, I don't have any, but but I mean, I also, did... like,
0: it's worth pointing out the super obvious one that if you are if you are a kobold and you were raised among kobolds, you probably are, have some familiarity with traps. So, yeah. trap finder could make a lot of sense in terms of uh, of a character story. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, I think we're getting. I it, it's. Uh, there's not a like huge front-runner, but I do think Underworld Investigator looks like it's ahead by a little bit. Okay. Uh, somebody in the chat mentioned, uh, Hilly34431 mentioned, imagining this kobold-like creed from the office. Um, just can't trust them to do anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there we go. Underworld Investigator locked in. Excellent. Right.
2: Um, yeah, let's take a, a real quick look at those skills um, and just kind of say, like, you know, what do we, from what we've established about this character, you'll notice that the investigator um, gets a lot of skills. You have how many to choose many. here, James?
1: Many. Um, eight, I
0: think. <laughs> eight. It's
2: like, <laughs> which ones are you not going right to take?
3: Hey, all right.
1: <laughs> right. So we have eight. You can see uh, our lores from our background surgery mm-hmm. and the class are in, medicines in, uh, society's in. So we're just going to click some checkboxes now. Um I choose Uh, stealth.
0: All right. I'm going for diplomacy. That's good. Let's
1: do it. Okay. Uh Mark? Mark give me one.
3: Uh let's do some arcana to know about dragons. Good Logan? Uh
2: I am going to go with uh with occultism
1: <laughs> yeah you can uh, definitely just pick cool. all the knowledges I'm yeah. gonna say <laughs> deception
0: because... and I'm going intimidation because big ego like big ego. bring it
1: <laughs>
0: Small body. Uh, Mark back Kivitz. to me
1: yep. thievery good and Logan
2: performance
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is the performance what is the uh, favored form of performing
2: uh i think it's mostly kind of advertising the business kind of standing on a box on the street corners like hey i I shave everyone (laughs) and and save everyone also Uh, 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 not legally binding
1: (laughs) okay and uh there our little caution thing went away so we have all of our skills filled
2: all right cool okay so um chat feel free to kind of give us some uh some opinions on this character like what do you think uh what are some other th- character details and names uh what what do we have in as the name right now james do we have a placeholder or do we have a perfect kobold name
1: um we have a placeholder it is jen jen connington jen,
2: jen connington. <laughs> yes
1: um that doesn't sound but... like a
2: kobold name though that's well, more about i'm gonna i'm gonna name. do Change the, some uh... letters to k's in its <laughs>
1: i'm gonna do the uh, <laughs> the evil pc thing and ask chet so what's that character's name then and, uh, ah. and watch everybody scramble.
3: <laughs> well, they said Sweeney but... Cobb.
1: <laughs> it is... They are reversed. You know? <laughs> but uh, since we're on kind of the main profile screen, anyways, you can see our hit points are in, our abilities are all in. You kind uh, skills,
3: and uh, um,
1: very you may have selected abilities. medicine twice. Oh, I think what it was is we got it from two sources. We got it from oh, Barbara and from... So Barbara. that
3: means that we get, it, we get a new bonus skill, right? right? Because so, we got it
1: twice. So let's say crafting.
0: Great. Right.
3: Make some traps. There we go. Make, you know, there's a thing that's, uh,
0: that Hero Lab is doing that um, is, is really nice if you have it up while you're actually playing your character in that um, it's got all these little die symbols and little trackers so you can um, keep tabs on uh daily use abilities whether you've used them or not um and have it do some of your die rolling automatically
2: uh, there, there are some good names here in the chat but i'm gonna admit that dr yes is is my
3: favorite. <laughs> doctor <laughs> yes it doctor sounds yes. like
2: it sounds like a, an assumed name that they would put on their billboard
3: <laughs> like uh I'm not done.
2: like saul goodman
1: there i'm good <laughs> uh let's uh while we're here let's pick an alignment chaotic yeah i feel like that that (laughs) kind (laughs) of
3: yeah yeah
2: chaotic neutral
1: yeah there we go and that'll add our little alignment traits and that kind of thing all right there we go we have nice we have our kobold barber investigator doctor yes
2: uh, So we have just like a very brief amount of time for some Q&A. We can answer a few questions. Uh, While people are queuing those up in the chat, um, I'm just going to mention the APG uh, is available on Paizo.com, your local game store. Uh, You can get it in physical or PDF. Uh, The core rulebook, if you don't have that yet for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, you can get in those same places. Uh, And the beginner box coming out in November, if you want kind of a, a simpler way gateway into the game that has a whole bunch of cool props and uh, and uh, reminder cards and things like that, you'll be able to get that in November. The, uh, go ahead.
0: There's a, a special uh, opportunity running right now if you don't already have your core rulebook for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Um, we are running a Humble Bundle that's benefiting a lot of really, really great charities. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's at the $30 mark uh you are uh in for a physical copy of the core rulebook Mm -hmm. shipping not included um (laughs) but it's also there are dozens of other uh fantastic fantastic products in that lineup Uh, a bunch of uh tabletop resources Mm -hmm. um a bunch of reference books a bunch of uh, a bunch of second edition stuff it's a really great bundle um it's a great way to get in the game if you haven't already
1: And you can yeah. move the sliders uh, where you would like, if you yeah. feel strongly about one of the charities or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Also, if for APG and other things, uh, there's a really great sale going on at paizo.com right now, uh, which um, the, they can give you more details in chat uh, about that sale. Uh, the uh, also wanted to mention um, some of the things coming up this weekend, uh, because some of us have more panels uh, so if you want to go in and make another character on Sunday uh, early in the morning uh, I don't have that time with me handy uh, I believe it's noon Eastern time 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific uh, James and I are going to be back uh, with Ianara and Patrick uh, to do characters uh, using the um, the ancestries and classes of the beginner box and that's going to be on the Gen con channel and uh, there's also a panel with the uh the design team that would be liz mark and myself i believe that's everybody on that panel uh
0: we've got jason bullman too don't forget about him and and jason
2: (laughs) uh, and jason bullman uh liz do you have the do you have the time for that handy
0: uh yes that panel is uh going to be on saturday and i believe it's uh 3 p no i'm sorry 11 a.m pacific time so 2 p.m eastern time
2: Mm -hmm. all right Uh, And then, James, are you on any other panels this weekend apart from the... Um, I'm on the beginner box panel, but that's it. All right, great. Um, If you want to find us, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Logan Bonner, so just my name, uh, all smashed together. Uh, Mark, how about you?
3: I'm at Mark Seifter, so same deal there. And also have a Twitch channel, which is Mark. so twitch.tv slash Mark with different little shows about rpg related topics paizo interviews and more
0: yep i'm on twitter at uh liz may tweet my name is lyz um so i'm mostly just post pictures of space and cats
1: um i am on twitter but my handle is not going to get across here because it's toria ria ria Um, and i will drop that in chat after or something or i'll ask one of the other three to I'll, I'll me. take care of that. Yeah, or I'll just drop memes. That's what I usually do. So, all right. Do we have uh, any questions coming in on any the burning ABG?
0: questions?
2: There's uh, not really a
3: huge number.
2: Someone wants to know what Oracle Mystery Doctor Yes would have. Mm. Liz, you're the expert.
0: <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me pull him up and take a look here. So, uh, would be life might be life. Also, might be bones
3: <laughs> from all the. <laughs> Or yeah, all like the dead um former patients because yeah. of the very bad wisdom. Mm-hmm.
2: Um uh, here's another good question. This this might also be a little more Liz focused, but what's your favorite ancestry slash versatile heritage combo?
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, And and actually
2: this would be a good time to give us a rundown of versatile heritages because we didn't mention what they all are.
0: Sure, so I can do that as part of this. Um, So we have five versatile heritages in this book. Um, Three of them are grouped together under planar scions. Um, So that's where you're going to have your ASMRs, which are the celestial-blooded people. The tieflings, which are fiend-blooded. And uh, the third group being uh, the dusk walkers, which are very specifically um, created by psychopomps as sort of neutral planar scions. Uh, they're pretty badass. Uh, the other two versatile heritages in this book are changelings, which are the children of hags uh, inserted into non-hag society, and uh, and my personal favorite, which are dompier, which are the um, offspring of vampires of various kinds. Um, I think my favorite combination uh, is actually a dompier elf, because as it turns out, when you put immortal vampires and really long-lived elves in the same place, like you end up with connections um, and it's not something anyone would think about until you do and then you're like you know actually that does that that does make a lot of sense
1: i have one that i really like because i think it just kind of shows the number of things you can do with this which is changeling leshy
3: hmm.
1: um because changelings are usually the children of hags and you're like well how does that work and my uh, my favorite headcanon for this is that a changeling leshy is a hags like pet plant that every time they did a cauldron they just kind of poured the effluent out the window into like their, their garbage or their garden patch and uh eventually you gotta all of that kind of seep into a plant and you got to change
3: Lingleshi.
2: we actually have a monster a little bit like that in bestiary 3 that i wrote <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> channeling the, not, 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 not the plant part but. come back uh, on
0: okay. saturday to learn more
2: mark how That's about right. you uh
3: let's see I don't know there's just too many possible combinations i definitely like some of the weird ones with leshies like um james uh case went with like asimar and leshy from the so, like somewhere in elysium in all those plants out there or a tiefling leshy that comes from like the plants in the abyss maybe a dompere leshy in- grown happening. in a graveyard <laughs> by a crypt with vampires they're all kind of fun
0: yeah i, I like Duskwalker walker oh, i'm sorry go ahead
2: Uh, I think I like the idea of a uh, tiefling Tengu oracle because they have like the, they're good luck, but they're also extremely cursed at the same time. I like that kind of like, you know, nobody quite knows how to react to you because it's just like, well, but. uh.
3: But it fits better than it might seem because the reason Tengu are considered to be good luck for other people is as jinx eaters, they take the bad luck into themselves. And as an oracle, they're doing that on double time. And as Tiefling, would you say, like, <laughs> probably Oni blooded? Not that we have that as a lineage in the APG yet, but just sort of for the whole just Oni. Double and down on that concept. Tengu, double down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, there's also, uh, probably just going to do one more question here because we're going to have to wrap it. Uh, but there's a question given the ability of characters to. More readily cross archetypes in TUI. How do you maintain classes' mechanical identities so we don't just get generic ability blobs for characters? Uh, the main thing there is that when you take an archetype, it is taking your class feats, but you're still getting your class features. So even if you blob everything else, there's still kind of the fundamentals of your class that are that are continuing on. So you might have a whole bunch of other additional things, but you aren't kind of doing one level of rogue and then. Eight levels of barbarian, you know, uh, and kind of leaving all of the rogue behind, Liz. And that's and the then
0: reason... building, building on that. Um, each archetype also has the dedication feat, which locks you into that archetype for mm-hmm. a little while. So you can't just take one feat from twelve different archetypes. You once yeah. once you commit, you're you're you gotta you gotta, you got to you got to you know bit. live it for a while.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's also the reason some of those class features are never going to show up in an archetype or a multi-class like we're not going to make an archetype that just gives you legendary weapons from fighter or some of these other features that are part of the coherent nature of that class because if you did then you would possibly get towards that point but they're sort of a skeletal structure
1: yeah that's some nice niche protection so like that's really good like witches are going to be the ones with the best familiars and that's that's their thing and they're going to do that
2: Yeah. yeah Uh, All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Thanks to my panelists, Liz, Mark, and James. And uh, I hope everybody out there has a great Gen Con online and plays a whole bunch of Pathfinder and uh, really enjoys the Advanced Player's Guide and making characters with it. Uh, So I think with that, we're going to sign off and uh, stick around for Liz talking about uh, some stuff in a little more detail right after this panel. Thanks, everybody.
0: Bye! Bye! The No Direction Network's PaizoCon
1: Online 2020 seminar coverage was made possible by the KDCon team, consisting of Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, Ryan Costello, Alexander Agunis, Monica Marlowe, Vanessa Hoskins, Dustin Knight, and Andrew Sturtevant. For more great Pathfinder, Starfinder, and other RPG news, reviews, podcasts, and blogs, check out nodirectionpodcast.com.